Hello and welcome to Datum. This is episode one of season four. Ravi, how are you doing? I'm good. We're at season four now. Like, like going back to what was it when you're in your car recording one of the podcasts? <laughs> More to point when you came over and I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. The first episode, that was a lost tape. And we've got a second lost tape to add to that for 2021, right? We do have a second last tape. Oh, God, nightmare. So for context, um, for everyone listening, we actually recorded an episode just before Christmas. We did a whole year in review. It then took me about a month and a half to actually get to editing yep. it, at which point I realized that my audio had uh, some sort of feedback in it and it was just impossible to edit the just feedback crackling, out. Just crackling, Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, a really interesting theme of all my tech recently. All the audio issues seem to just be popping up really stable gear been using it for a while just Pr premium gear yeah. i'd say tim yeah i know exactly i'm i'm personally very disappointed with some of it but i think it's to do with USB-C yeah. and usb hubs and all that jazz so i now connect the mic directly into the mac and um, yeah we get a nice clean audio i won't talk to you soon i have a backup recording for today so <laughs> excellent <laughs> exactly so yeah how are you I'm, I'm all right i'm all right it's um we've got some dates lined up for when things are easing and phasing back to normality vaccines are going out so i'm optimistic but yeah no it's um, very much in the groundhog day stage of things um right it's been a busy start to the year i think for me especially um with work uh, which has been keeping me busy um yep. lots of football on i mean when, you, when you're working across 10 clubs <laughs> and you've got four seasons kicking off simultaneously and so many competitions yeah. it's um yeah lots going on yeah, it's it's uh it's nice to still have some sport back actually. In the first lockdown, I remember no sport oh, was going on because yeah. we didn't really know, and I think there's just nothing to watch. So, sport is a little bit of normality. At least we can sort of cheer on our F1 teams, our football teams, whatever you follow, and yeah, even cricket. I saw some scenes of uh, cricket in India with what looked like very like you know full on normal crowds. That was very sort of bizarre sight to see. Yeah, they've, they've, I've been following the Test cricket as well. It's it's been a, it's been a good couple of series actually. Um, I, won't, mm -hmm. I won't get too deep into it, but yeah, they've got um, ten percent <laughs> or twenty five percent capacity in the stadiums. Um, only for cricket though. So uh, the the Mumbai FC team um, that, that the City Football Group have, they've not been able to have um, fans in. So it's quite, quite oh, really? strange. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Is there any particular logic behind that or is it just... just no, idea. It is? no idea. No idea. Um, might be local government because, of course, India is quite big and you've got state-line state, state legislation as well as sort of government regulations. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Good. 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 How about you? How, how um, are things? I mean, obviously, uh, with the little yeah, one. Yeah. Newborn and everything. Just adjusting, mostly, uh, to be brutally honest. Uh, like, I think most of parenting is just about adjusting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no, like... Um, like if you ask most parents how they're doing, it's always, oh yeah, coping or surviving or, yeah. you know, those kind of terms. Right. Uh, but all really, really good to be honest. Again, I, I you know, I'm really grateful, um, you know, that I think COVID hasn't affected me too much mm -hmm. um, uh, and been able just to stay safe, family safe. So I haven't, I haven't had any sort of immediate um, challenges per se. So that's good. And actually more time to be at home. So that's, uh, that's been good. More time to make videos as ever. So yeah, of course I'm, I'm quite chuffed about that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, no, because I mean, in the in the previous Lost Tape year, we did a little bit of a year in review, right? So, right. Like, obviously, you've hit a few fair few milestones recently, right? So you've got you hit <laughs> 10, 10k subscribers, um, having right. your kids, um, and yeah. then yeah, and then and then most recently became a Tableau Zen master. So big congratulations! <laughs> oh there. god, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to get the um, uh, recognition, um, although you don't do it for that, uh, you know. 
um, it's it's a very interesting sort of program to be part of, and I, I very much think of it that way. I'm not mm-hmm. a Zen master; I'm just part of the program. So that's um, that that's sort of how I feel. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to collaborating with other Zen masters and whatever they're doing, whatever endeavors they get up to. I think uh, this uh, obliges me to write a book. Um, yeah, right. Then that's it. Almost feels like a rite of passage, right? You, you get Zen, and then you, it is you starting know to, book, to be. You yeah, know it's starting to be six months later. It, it's a starting to be. I, I, man, I've got so many views on books. I don't know if it's just me, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably do a video um, a little at some point on, on you know, why I make videos and don't write blogs. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think my issue with books is I actually don't think they're accessible as mm. they claim to be. And I know that sounds like a really bold claim, um, but I mean that in as much as accessibility in terms of, you know, consuming content and making it pleasurable and easy for, for people to do. And also in terms of who can actually afford to buy those books right. and actually consume them and they're in che- how they're in those cheap, books right? actually get out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the knowledge in them is often actually knowledge that's already on blogs and often it's just been <clears> curated <throat> into one place. But I always say that if that's where the value is, then I think we need to strive to find better curation tools yeah. rather than putting it behind some sort of barrier, which is a book or something like that. So, I, th- I think yeah. I largely agree. I think it's a book is a good aggregator, right? When you're thinking of aggregating right. knowledge and compiling, right. almost like a, you've got a very specific audience in mind, a very specific user or reader in mind. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, mm-hmm. right, I'm, I'm building this for this this set or subset of people. Um, and it's, it's going to allow them to have, to have a one-stop shop. Now, I think my, my fundamental issue with books is, I mean, it's a great thought experiment. In, 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 do you, I mean, I guess you own some data and data and data of his books. I do. I do. I've bought some. Um, have you I don't read them? consume them. I don't consume them in full. So it's weird. I, I have them, <laughs> I have them, I have them either through association or uh, out of a sense of obligation, if that makes sense. <laughs> I am going to have this book. I'm going to use it. Everyone's talking rave about it. And when someone references it again, I will put it out the shelf and I will use it. Yep. But rarely do people reference them. And rarely do I look through them and I think, oh, yeah, like that thing. You know, my, my, my mind doesn't just think to open the book and go reference something. My mind is not the kind of person who consumes a book and then waits to deploy the knowledge. So um, I guess it doesn't suit me. But also I'm dyslexic. So a book is like the yeah, worst yeah, right. thing you could possibly there, there, give there, me. There, there's also the initial thing. <laughs> that I, so, am, that I do have a bias in that sense. So, yeah, that's, I've got to say that. My my sort of view is, um, I just feel bad because like obviously I've got a bunch of books on my, my bookshelf and the only one I've really right. truly read, almost cover to cover, not quite cover to cover, <clears throat> yeah. is Cole Nussbaum and Netflix, um, right. storytelling with data. Um, mm-hmm. for, for, it's it's easy to read it, it's accessible and most importantly it's short, because I just uh-huh. feel bad about like the books that are that thick. I'm, I'm sort of gesturing on the camera, which is useless on a podcast, right? <laughs> but a th- thickish book about tr- 200 300 400 pages and it's right. like packed with knowledge and you you just know the author author authors have spent so much time curating and editing and getting the wording just yeah. right yeah but it's like you know how many people truly are reading it cover to cover and and, and maybe maybe it's maybe i'm being cynical you know there, there is an audience for this and of course there is because books sell but i i think i think there is there has to be a better way of doing it and there has to be a more of a a pull towards the content that yeah. you create in a book um, yeah, or even like yeah. a collection um yeah, yeah. but you yeah, know um I, uh, I don't think you can't I, I don't think you should expect a book from me um for a while <laughs> if me neither all. me neither oh wait oh for a while okay cool and uh yeah me neither i, I you know 
I just think there's so, at least for me and what I do and what I like to do and I want to do, I look at the analytics from what I do and everything I do is in some way measurable. I, I can mm -hmm. actually tell you how many people watched a segment of a video and found it useful. And in terms of that feedback look of, if you're going to put content out into the community, where do you want to spend your time? Mm -hmm. You need those kind of small signals rather than just yeah. sort of feet putting air in the wind. Okay. Sometimes you, you get lucky, you do something and it just takes off and everyone gets it and that's fine. Yeah. But you know, people always ask you, well, how much impact are you making on these things? And actually, you know, I think for me, video, uh, arguably blogs to an extent, if you really go into Google analytics and you really actually sort of pay attention to that kind of stuff, maybe to an extent that but to me a video is just 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 ticks so many boxes in terms of accessibility mm -hmm. got youtube who hosts the video for you that literally is literally the biggest value of youtube like people don't understand Algorithm. how hard it is to put a video on the internet and then stream it to someone like my tableau explainer has had nearly two hundred thousand views now the hosting cost of that video to stream two hundred thousand plays of that video <laughs> I could not afford that. I could not afford that. But YouTube can. And so that is just a an amazing way of getting something out. Mm -hmm. And it takes care of even streaming it. It's shit quality, great quality, all these different yeah. things. Like it just handles all of that for free. And that is an amazing vessel for knowledge. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really, really big appreciate of that. So yeah, I'll do a video on why I make videos. I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm making a video about how I make videos. Um, but I, an important part of that is why. So I think I'll split that out into a second video. So, yeah. so, so, so the way that I share content is almost like blogs and maybe a couple of tweets. And 90% right. of the time I blog is is for my benefit or like the, right. the just a reference point. Um, yeah. I've done I've done a couple of pieces of Medium recently with that, which is just longer reads, but that's yep. more of the structured thought. And I think the, the key for, again, the key for me is you can read at your own leisure. You can control F for blog post and it's indexed yeah. somewhere, right? Um, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the access for me, right? It's the access, yeah. um, yeah, to yeah. your point, like it's not exclusive to the people that have the print copy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think there's some challenges. I hope Salesforce can add some value to Tableau on mm. this front. Um, I saw the redesign of the community pages for, for, uh, Tableau. That was, that was mm. interesting and good. Although uh, to your point, I've forgotten about it already. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going back there again. It's not like bookmarked anywhere. And, but I think the, the the additional thing there is it's not really for you, right? Like you, you've got to remember that a lot of the things that Tableau do now that operate at scale um, is not for us. Yeah. For me and you who are um, somewhat plugged into the matrix and arguably, Tim, uh, front 10 rows, right? Like we are, we are that <laughs> we are that cheering 1% or 5% at the front of the conference right. uh, cheering right. on everything they do, right? Whereas, right. you know, the, commu the community page and in fact, some of the features, and we'll come on to this in a bit, um, are aimed and designed for the many, not the few, right? Like for, for the masses of people who see Tableau as a tool on their desktops. Yeah. Um, yeah. And ultimately for, for the salespeople of Tableau, right? So Tableau is one of their key selling points. Of course, their community is one of the reasons Salesforce cited they, they purchased the product or the, the company. Um, and, you know, for, for a long time, there wasn't a, there was like big C, which is the community at large and then the forums, right? And this sort of yeah. aggregates it together. Uh, in a really nice way, I thought. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see, I'd really love that to become a hub. You know, I'd love to see them reach out to, you know, Makeover Monday and say, hey, could we create a space for you on the forum where people can actually 
take part as a community mm -hmm. with Tableau Public fully integrated. You put your data source here and it's already in public and all mm -hmm. the visitors related to that Makeover Monday are tagged. You know, that to me would be like a you know next level really Absolutely. smart way of 100%. integrating it. Yeah, um, you know. To, to, and, again, you know, to, to that point, yeah. to that point I've, um, recently they sh showcased their data repository. Uh, I don't know if you heard right. about this. So this is Tableau sharing data sources ready to go for Tableau online users. Um, yep. I think this goes back to your point of, what was it in the last podcast, the one after the, the conference, we said the best mm -hmm. experience for Tableau in the next three years will be Tableau Online, right? And I, browser, yeah. this is almost edging towards that and giving you more carrot to be like, well, actually, maybe 100%. I should be using the browser. So, um, 100%, 100%. And I think you, you can translate that repository across the public and you've got a data.world-esque experience where it's yeah. hosting <clears throat> and allowing for collaboration. Yeah. <clears throat> I think hosting um, and allowing for collaboration. Yeah, yeah. The, the big the big step this year is Tableau just need to add those sort of last holding out points for mm -hmm. uh, features in the browser and also a little bit more clarity about the journey from Tableau server on premise to Tableau online because that's mm -hmm. not often been a path that's co commonly discussed, right? But normally the discussion goes the other way, Tableau online Tableau yeah. server because mm -hmm. online has always been the lesser citizen, but now going the other way um, I think it actually poses more challenges, right? Because <laughs> you Absolutely. get all these nasty inconsistencies of running Tableau Server on-prem and somehow you have to put them into this uh, actually quite well-oiled machine that is Tableau mm -hmm. Online. Um, I say well-oiled machine. Like, the thing is, uh, someone was saying to me, oh, but you always get these status updates that it's down and so on and so forth. I was like, yeah, exactly. I know when it's down. In your organization, yeah. I bet you don't even know a tenth of the time when your server is down because yeah. why would you know about it? Why would they tell mm -hmm. you about it? They, they, they're trying to build trust and faith. They're not going to be pinging you every single time the server goes down, <laughs> you know, let you build it, this sort of weird perception. So I love the transparency that you actually know when Tableau Online is down and that you're not doing something mm -hmm. silly. And you can go back and see a history of all the issues, what the issue was. Actually really clear, you know, the trust.tableau.com, that page gives really clear sort of guidance, at least for why something broke or what is broken yeah. or what's not working, you know? So I, that that to me is, again, just another example of where the experience is better, even when things aren't going well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I, think we, I think we talked about this in, in again, the, the Lost Tapes pod, but we talked about, um, we didn't make any prediction for 2020, right? We looked back and I think right. the only thing we said was things might be different if things go well this time next year. Yeah. And that right. was in reference to you potentially moving to the States, right? Um, right, right. And, and that, that's not going to happen anytime soon. That's not happening anytime <laughs> soon at all. So, and like in, in, what actually happened was I left the information lab. I, right. I moved on mm -hmm. um, and you had a kid uh, and got engaged. I had a kid, yeah. <laughs> so I got engaged. It's like, yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, I mean, we, we are in a very different place to where we were last year, but we I think it's very, also a good yeah. place to... Um, to almost make a separate prediction for 2021 so we can truly right. look back and actually have some some key checkpoints so yeah you can start yeah. off like what's your first prediction for what this year will be uh for data and tech i guess is is a good place to start oh man i think the reckoning is is here like uh the reckoning the reckoning um it was a really interesting discussion about whether analytics is a first class function in a business context or whether it's a second class citizen amongst other things that happen in an enterprise context. And this mm -hmm. is in the context of the discussion of uh, Power BI being bundled in and amongst, you know, lots of other Microsoft services yeah. and where it sort of sits in that thing. Because in that world, 
Um, I mean, at least from what I hear, I don't hear lots of Microsoft Power BI people being upset about that, right? They're quite happy yeah. that Power BI is part of this massive ecosystem. Whereas I think on the other side of the wall, people often talk about Tableau being like, oh, well, if you value the, the way that Power BI is bundled, then you don't take analytics seriously. And I was like, well, do businesses actually take it seriously, you know? And, mm -hmm. and that's, that to me is like what I think this year is going to be about. That reckoning is coming, right? Um, I think we're going to see businesses saying, yes, it's important, but actually the thing we do, the core of our business is this, and analytics is only a function that serves that. And the reckoning will be how that, st how that places things like Tableau or products like analytical mm -hmm. tools and so on in context of other tools that companies yep. buy and the priority and preferences that those, those things decide. Oh, this is hilarious. So you, 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 this is almost like you've given me my next controversial blog post, right? <laughs> You, like, <laughs> like why analytics doesn't matter, right? Like why right. analytics is a second-class citizen. Because I think right. I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's, it's almost like IT, right? Like right. You, you don't like you can think of IT as a function, but we all use IT, right? Like we we all use yeah. the services and the sort of yeah. net that and the pro provision that um, IT provide us in our organizations mm -hmm. now. Similarly, everyone uses analytics. It's just whether they right. are the the coders, whether they're setting up the security services, how involved they are is is dependent, right? So, thinking of analytics as a second class citizen, it's like, well, they, 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 you always go back to the early two thousand tens, where right. Tableau coming onto the scene is this punk rock, amazing garage yeah. band organization yeah. that's telling you, yeah, you know what? You don't need IT to analytics. You, sh you shouldn't even be in there, remit. You should be doing analytics yourself. Here's how we're going to help you set up a server under your desk so yeah. IT doesn't know about it. Here's, yeah, here's yeah, us yeah. giving you giving you access to these licenses and to Tableau yeah. Public to get involved. Like, yeah, like rebel against the man. Yeah. And now we're at, we're at 2021, where it's A, part of a bigger behemoth called Salesforce, and B, that Tableau almost is going hat in hand to the same IT professionals that it pissed mm -hmm. off by opening up holes for security issues, by telling them that IT isn't required to do analytics. And they're like, well, actually, we, we kind of care about what we do because a lot of what we want to do is integrate analytics into the processes. And where mm -hmm. do processes live? They live in IT. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. So I'm in, I'm in this weird position where I'm almost being like, well, what Power BI and Microsoft do makes sense. It's so yeah. convenient. And when you're yeah. working at scale, convenience is so important, right? So yeah, yeah. If, if you're cobbling and, Tableau together you, you, and you're working within an environment that's got a bit of Microsoft and you know a couple of other specialist products, you want to be able to integrate all of your identification IT services into that, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. without having to create pipelines using APIs and using something like Zapier in between uh, or even yeah. Power Apps to just hook mm -hmm. in something or some other things, mm -hmm. right? So um, I think that's something the Tableau leadership sought because otherwise, why else would they push forward with the, for sure. um, you know, the Salesforce acquisition of Tableau? Like Tableau could only have seen itself being stronger in and amongst a bigger ecosystem. And that by definition means that, you know, at least the placement of Tableau um, makes it something that serves a greater purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and I think there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with sort of you know that that value judgment uh, at all. It, it it's it's fine for it to be a second rate citizen. The difficult thing is, I think for too long we've built our tablet infrastructures expecting the rest of the business world to build themselves around it. So here's tablet. It runs Land and expand, baby. Land and expand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've built a server here's our infrastructure here's how it works here's an api to plug yourself into uh by the way can i do this no we do it this way um can i do this no we do it this way um what about ci cd pop-ups can't do that um okay mm. what about um you know changing the setup of my server whilst it's on no sorry you gotta take it down back up restart okay cool um you know all these things and now suddenly that that conversation has just changed suddenly you know, you're seeing Tableau explore more of the things they used to say no to so all mm -hmm. of a sudden um, because that is now the big requirement, especially from, guess what, competitors like Power BI and so on and so forth. So um, it's an interesting world. Um, I always say I wish someone like AWS bought Tableau um, huh. only, because, only because, you know, you look at Power BI and look by Microsoft who have Azure. And so you see a natural relationship with something like AWS and Tableau because you don't have many... Uh, well, you do have lots of customers who use Microsoft and AWS cloud infrastructures, yep. but if they're using Power BI, it's highly unlikely they're going to be using many of the database services that you find mm -hmm. on AWS and so on and so forth because they'll have invested in Azure most likely. Um, and so that is a natural opportunity for Tableau to reach a new market of people uh, through yep. AWS. Um, you know, um, so yeah, uh, it's it's just an interesting thing. But that that that's that to me is like my big prediction. This year we start to see things either fall into place or start to get seriously challenged. And I think for us in this field, I think it's, I think we as professionals in this community really have to be ready for this change Yeah, because it's coming to us, not the other way around. Like for a long while, we've gone <laughs> to many parts of the businesses uh, to say, Hey, we can change the way you work, blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. for me, uh, now the conversations turn businesses coming to us asking us, why can't you do this? Why isn't this done? You know, you told me this would be easy and great. Why am I still manually doing these things? You know, mm -hmm. how can I automate the steps? Sorry, you can't. Okay, great. You know, all these challenges are going to come back to us and we need to start getting very critical about how we appraise Tableau on the features they do and don't resolve. We can't get excited about new desktop features because that is one part of the story, but it's a very yeah. small part of the bigger story, which is about business integration. Absolutely, and I think you know, to, to to that point, you, um, again in the in the lost tapes, we we talked about the um, Tableau viewer not never getting any love, right? Right, like, right, yeah. The, the majority of users at an organization, if you're enterprise wide, are going to be those two thousand, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand viewers. When yeah. was the last time Tableau had a flagship feature aimed at viewers? Never, because it's never, always yeah. been server admins or desktop users or niche yeah. niche use cases like. The SAP connector that seems to always get some level of improvement, um, right, right, and no one really knows what it is, right? <laughs> it's like SAP yeah, exactly, improvement. exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the, I'm of the firm opinion, and I don't mean this in any sort of critical way, but I'm of the firm of the opinion that Tableau don't have a product for the Tableau viewer. It just happens to have a bunch of other features that are uh, accessible to the viewer, but they're not products built for the viewer that start with a viewer's perspective of the world, right? A mm -hmm. creator has a great time and experience uh, experience with um, uh, Tableau because if you go literally go on the pricing page and look at the matrix of features and their ticks across each column for creator, explorer, mm -hmm. and viewer. Now, many of the reasons you talk about Tableau are in the creator and explorer column, yeah? 
none of them are in the viewer column. So yep. the thing you spend the most money on, yeah, is a thing that doesn't have any of the benefits that you currently spend money on Tableau on. Mm -hmm. right? If you just take that license, I actually preferred the old model where it was a core based license and actually you could sell the features because it was one big sort of offering, right? But by going down the subscription yep. rate, I can very, very clearly ask, hey, I'm paying a lot of money for essentially a CMS. What here. value is like, the $11 <laughs> a month per user per month getting me, right? Like, yes, what is that $11 exactly. figure, right? And not just that, you say that, but actually if you take look at a 4,000 person estate, it's not just mm -hmm. $11. It's actually... What value am I getting for the majority of what I'm paying here, right? Um, because yeah. I hear you on all these features for the creators and explorer. They're great. Oh, I love it. But hey, hold on. I'm spending, you know, three and a half thousand of my viewers right here. I'm paying $11 Economies a month. Of scale. That, is a, that is my biggest cost in this whole license. What are they getting? What additional value yeah. are they getting other than the the improved quality of what, you know, people can build for them? Um, and I think, and I think so the I think, customers is... I think customers are seeing that as well. Like I remember having conversations the last 18 months while when I was at the information lab, where you almost start to see businesses tighten their belts and be like, we're spending a fair bit of money on Tableau. Can we, how much money do we get back? Like, how, how do we, how are you like giving me the ROI of yeah. the, the stuff you're doing? And that's kind of like a weird question to ask. Like you don't really ask IT, how much money do you save us? It's like, we, we run yeah. your organization. But to yeah. ask, if we're doing that comparison of, analytics will become similar to IT in that wrapper yeah. around the organizations. Um, yeah. It's it's tough. Uh, and and yeah. analytics does get that thing because of the high cost nature of it. I think once that, if that stigma and that stick off the back comes, um, that's where you'll see that development. I think my prediction yeah. for the year will be um, that you'll see, I'd put this delicately, you, you, you'll see a lot of people having to grow up a bit like grow out of <laughs> wanting the thing and, and thinking it's it's for them, right? Like there's yeah. so much, I think, and, and I think this 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 harks to a bigger point about the end users of analytics tools in 2021 versus 2011. Mm -hmm. The end mm -hmm. users of the analytic, analytics tools in 2011 was Excel reports and PowerPoints, right? And ThinkCell, mm -hmm. if you do, do you remember ThinkCell? I don't know if yeah, you ever used yeah. it, yeah. It's, it's like the the consumer was using tools like that. And, and there's been a massive boom. If you look back in 10 years, these tools, um, like if you look at old school enterprise BI products, they were really clunky and, you know, people didn't really use them. And suddenly you've got this edge towards design and there's so much creativity in the space. Um, and the, the user base for these tools is so much bigger than it was when tools like Tableau were breaking into the market and where they did have yeah. fans and tools were built for them. Now Tableau's almost grown up. It's got it's got to that point where, you know, you're in high school now. Uh you've got to be a yeah. bit more cooler. You can't run around yeah. playing it in the playground. Um yeah. <laughs> you have to almost you, you're thinking about who you are as a person and figuring out that that identity. And I think Tableau's identity has shifted um over the years, like in small steps, such as moving to subscription and then yeah. becoming part of the Salesforce ecosystem, the the Ohana, yeah. the 360. Um and and I think the the next step will be trying to conserve this great asset of the community, continue to grow it, while also trying to explain to the old school, almost the generations of users of Tableau that yeah, look, we're gonna release a bunch of features and they won't be for you, right? Like that's that's yeah. a, that that should be the, the the saying, right? Because 
You must, I think we've, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast, but the generations of Tableau users that you had, I think. Right. Yeah. It, with the, I think you, you said the, the pre eight crowd, which is you, old mountain yeah. over here. Um, <laughs> old man. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe nine is a good example, right? So pre lods, right? So yeah. like I, I came in at nine, which is I had LOD. I didn't really have to yeah. deal with doing backflips with lookup calcs. So you had pre nine, um, which is your like OGs, right? And then you got pre four, which yeah. are like the proper adopters. Yeah. But I think nine is your first majority. Then you've got a gap to think 10, five. That's mm -hmm. your second generation. Like, yeah. 10 was the revamp 105 gave you hyper i think yeah and then the, the the final sort of generation is a tsm right the, the 2019 right. 2018 2 3 and we're beyond changing how this all works and linux and stuff coming into it as well yeah right and it's sort of and with the with the move to linux you almost again you're pallying to the it people that you pissed off yeah. at the early 2010 mm -hmm. right so you've got the new day of data you've got you've got tsm and I think uh, we said the, the final generation was Data Model Plus. Right. Um, I don't know if you mm -hmm. had any thoughts to add on to the generations of Tableau users and who they are today, I guess, is, is, yeah. is a good pivot for you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, man, generations of Tableau users. Like, the there's two ways of looking at this, right? There is the version you use and the way you learn to use it. Then there is another way of looking at it, which is from a user experience perspective, which is like, what do you actually use this for? Mm -hmm. And actually in Tableau's journey, they've actually been new and different people using it throughout that journey. Like if you take your pre, uh, you know, 10 crowd, the users there were described purely as the authors. You didn't have viewers as yep. users of Tableau. Like I, I can't remember a time pre 10 where people consuming reports were considered in a grouping such as viewers, right? And so what was interesting about that is that you paid a price and you got what you got and you only ever thought about it about, you know, as a, as a place where you create visualization is really good for sharing. Uh, and then you have the introduction of subscription pricing and the death of core pricing. That really rocked, you know, a few organizations because they really mm -hmm. like the core pricing, right? And so that's, that's the next generation. This is the post-core generation who... Yep if I'm honest, have always been kicking and screaming at the change, right? <laughs> they've, never, they've never really enjoyed the change. Uh, they've really hated the pricing. And, you know, that's when you started to hear about, oh, compared to Power BI, this stuff's really mm -hmm. expensive. Uh, Add-ons. Right? And, you know, yeah, exactly. So that, that's just like another generation of users that's kind of different from the first. It's, it's more of like how we're describing the different phases of Tableau here. And then more recently, and I think I'm noticing this a lot more, maybe because I'm embedding myself more in the community and I'm making videos for people and I'm getting lots of feedback back. But I'm realizing that there is a massive divide between people who build using Tableau and the people who consume building Tableau. And I don't see as many people in the community who are passionate about purely consuming tableau content does that make sense <laughs> i see i see all the passion when it comes to making i see tableau public i see all the visits but they're artists I get it. tim i get it i get it i love it and i see it and i love it and i you know i, I couldn't be prouder to be part of that community mm -hmm. but what i don't see is the other side of that which is like okay for everyone who they're building content for mm -hmm. coming out and saying wow you know this is great and maybe that doesn't matter maybe they don't need to know that it was built using tableau and that's sort of part of the art and that's part 100%. of the, the greatness but because we don't see that we, we're missing this other generation of users who will never build anything in tableau 
That's why ask data exists. Let's explain data exists kind of for that, that people. And therefore, I wonder what their version of an analytics tool looks like. What does an analytics tool look like to someone who will never build a visualization, right? Mm -hmm. And that to me is the new generation of user. And that to me is, you know, where this, this sort of whole thing is going. That's, that's such a great segue into dashboard lists. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh, the, God. The, right. I, yeah. I, I think, I think you, you, you're, the two things you're missing there is the, the, the way that I, I envisage in the next right. three to five years, the consumer building, like that, that person building analytics is through asking questions. Now, the issue, of course, is A, there's no data orientation training, uh, to borrow Anna right. Casey's phrase right data orientation is such a big thing that's missing so like yeah. similar to it orientation when you join a new company that like you right, get to understand right. what systems they use and tools there's no here's the data we use and the data you have access to to ask questions and find interesting nuggets to help our business mm -hmm. grow right to towards our ethos um and and that transparency doesn't exist per se right but 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 i think you're spot on in it's it tableau should be catering to those people right the, the people that don't need to know the difference between green and blue that don't need right. to understand how to build an lod right all they need to do is have the answer to the question when they have it like it's that just in time point and therefore alongside that the creators get to create and also excel right mm -hmm. and i think i think the i think the the mid to older generation of tableau users that the, the pre 20 the, the pre 2020 2018.1 version at 2018.3 or i'd say um, those people just want <laughs> lifestyle adjustments, right? They, they want their formatting. Right. Like we, we want some better dashboarding tools. We want some, we want some, you know, yeah. some, some just things that help us be, be better and then carry on helping out and expanding explained data analysis. I yeah. think yeah. that's the thing, but the trade-off is I don't, <clears throat> I don't see that bigger picture thinking from the older, older, older users, right? The, the core creators who are evangelizing yeah. Tableau in our community. And, and to be honest, um, why would you? Like they are creators. Yeah, right. If you look at exactly. any other ecosystem, exactly. any other ecosystem. It's hard to have, blame them, you know, right? Essentially content creators, right? I hate to use mm -hmm. the YouTube analogy, but we're going to go there. We've got essentially got a content creator market, right? Mm -hmm. And the way content creators react is they build what consumers want, right? And so you've got to tackle this. If you're Tableau, what you've actually got to see this is an evolution of a diversification of your customer base, right? Yeah. You've, you've met that sort of content creator audience and you've given them what they want and they have a core of features that are really strong and capable. Mm -hmm. Now you simultaneously need to be developing the offering you have for your non-creator based people. I, I, it's funny they call them creators, right? Like, but by that analogy, like what are you offering to your viewers that is like, I'd love to know a feature that a viewer has that a creator doesn't have. That's yeah. when you know you've actually built something for viewers specifically that a content creator has no need for, isn't asking for, but a viewer is absolutely asking. And I don't know what Export that feature is. I, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's perfect. Right. right it's right, a perfect right, example right, of them, right? Like right, a creator perfect, absolutely yeah. does not want you to export to PowerPoint, but a viewer, viewer loves it. They love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's something that a creator can do. What I really mean is, you know, imagine if there was like a wave consuming tablet that only viewers could could access that allowed them to go and do stuff. An interesting pricing model that I've come across, which is LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn has those different pricing, depends on what you're doing. Are you looking for a new job? Are you just interested in networking? Are you a sales you person or a recruiter, right? And based on which you select, it completely changes the sort of uh, focus of, of where 
LinkedIn and what LinkedIn is going to be for you. And yeah. I'd love to see that sort of segmentation to the point where you actually have the viewer team fighting with the creator team to get like time into the product, right? Um, I and actually look at it that way. I actually love that. I think the the great the great part about that is stuff like our data or explain data is not accessible to the creator. Like, yeah, if you don't want it, don't let me see it, right? Like, yeah, you, you then yeah. take that away because again, it's marketed to these people now. It's almost like Tableau has shifted its view of how do we convert viewers into explorers and explorers into creators. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that if if you ignore that hierarchy and just say these are three distinct users, um, suddenly it becomes way more viable. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'd love to see a model on tablet server as well, where um, a viewer takes control of what they see rather than the current model, which is a viewer, sorry, a creator explorer imposes a bunch of things. Hundred percent. That doesn't mean that 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 doesn't mean that permissions and stuff go out the window. It stays the same. You know what you can see or can't see remains the same. It's just that as a viewer, you have the power now to articulate that in a much more organic way based on the fact you're not creating anything. Whereas at the moment, I think it's predominantly a creator-led experience, right? So, somewhat, like, so you can see nuggets of that starting to creep through, right? You can see metrics. Exactly. Metrics is something like that where you create yeah, collections, mm -hmm. templates, spaces, things that allow that you stuff, to, yeah. things that yeah. allow you to have your own home uh, and your own curation of a homepage and experience, which is absolutely, absolutely what you're looking for. But um, I would then, I would then say this. Uh, I don't think Tableau Server is that place for all this stuff. I really don't. Uh, you know, it just, I, I just look at, I just look, I just take three clients I'm working with right now. Um, they go out of their way to get to Tableau. They have to stop what they're doing, right? Open up a browser tab. Remember their little password. Because huh. not all of them have SSO. Log in, find the folder, a project, then go look at the report, open another tab and go back to what they were doing, right? It, mm -hmm. it just nearly always breaks their flow if they want to try and do something. And so I would love an experience which doesn't lean on Tableau Server. I'd love Tableau to be really brave and say, look, we really believe, believe in the core of our product. Like yep. the way people can build visualizations is so powerful. Let's take those visualizations outside of the server and into new places, right? Give me an API where I can render a viz without needing to build it first in Tableau, right? Give me the capability to go and do something uh, creative with the metadata of Tableau without first having to go and configure, you know, all of this stuff. So your experience can start wherever you want. And I think that that, that talks about flow, right? Like your flow yeah. is when do you need it and, and how how do you consume it? And this is where yeah. you almost get to the point of, we're, we're now at the point where everyone's realized that they, they won't be an aggregator. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we talked about this two years ago, I think in season two, where we talked about the fact that every analytics provider is an analytics platform, right? Yeah. Where the, really the only true analytics platforms are AWS, Salesforce, Google, mm -hmm. and Azure. That's it. No, no one else Those should even the only bother. Ones, yeah. Yeah. No one else should even bother. But yeah, so if you're if you're a tech startup or a new tech company, your objective should just be, how do I get grandfathered into it, one of these behemoths, right? It, right. It, and purely because you realize, I want their like breadth and their the ability for them to reach Slack, to reach like all in, to, to reach Teams, to reach where mm -hmm. people collaborate a lot easier, right? Wherever it ends up, it might even be a text message sent out using Twilio, right? What yeah. you want it to be able to do is hook in and push, right? And, and that's yeah. that's what you're aiming for. And I think once once Tableau understands, I think has understood that, and maybe you know, being part of Salesforce, maybe they've 
they've done it, right? They've been grandfathered by Behemoth and they're now part of a wider ecosystem. And now they can really start pulling apart their platform and saying, which bits do you want to keep and develop and really push yeah. on with? Yeah. And which yeah. do we want to double down on as part of our core offering? Yeah, I think, and to add to that, I think it, this we're also in the phase where Tableau can't continue to listen to its existing customers. And I know that sounds like a really stupid thing to say. I can hear that's like, kind of what I was saying earlier, right? What, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you smoking, Tim? Like, and, and it's the reason is, is because we will ask for unreasonable things that don't make sense. We, we as customers can only look at the problems we face and ask for the solution to that rather than looking beyond those problems and actually saying, what is the overarching problem here that we're all having, right? Um, is it actually a better CMS system for analytical content? Is that actually the solution? Instead of building server, let's just build that product that is just a CMS for analytical systems yep. and white label it and sell it to everyone, including Power BI people. And they can just embed everything in there, right? right. Maybe that's actually the the product that, that viewers need, a better CMS system for analytical consumption, right? Or, or, and, or just like a way to track what um, types of users you have, like a profile. <laughs> exactly exactly like it's it's an interesting thing like if you were if you were aws that's exactly what you'd build you'd build a cms system separate from the core system separate from the permissioning system mm -hmm. and you'd sell each and every one of them as a product that's basically the aws model right um and so, you know visql would be a product in in the yep. aws platform <laughs> and the metadata api would be another product um and actually if you look at it the product that way you might get more sort of traction in in places where you haven't typically gotten traction um but yeah go for it. i think i think it comes back to henry ford his horses right like if you if you wanted something faster they'd ask for faster horses right like right they wouldn't imagine right. the car and i think that that right. goes to your point of this is why you stop asking the front 10 rows like what they want right like <laughs> while, while they're the most plugged in they're the most evangelical they'll also just continue supporting no matter what like if if tableau did something like me and you would still be like yeah but it's still amazing i still love working we with still it. had still fun like it's been such a fundamental part of our lives that it, yeah. like, and I say this to when I talk to Tableau developers all the time, I always preface it by, look, I'm a consultant. So I see edge cases every day. And so when I come to you with a problem, don't treat them like they're the kind of issues that everyone sees every single day. I, I experience a higher than normal level of traffic of some of these issues because of what Due I to do. the volume of usage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in the same light, I think they also have to start, you know, understanding we have a diverse customer base now. It's not what it used to be where we just had to mm -hmm. bring in one kind of person. Now we have the IT professional who wants to integrate everything and have it make it really easy to develop and transform. We have the author who wants to be a creative, wants to build beautiful things, wants really powerful control over every single inch of what they build. Then we have the viewer who doesn't want to be disrupted, who they, who wants to be in their flow of the analysis wherever they are and all the time, right? And they don't want and to email also... someone for permission. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And then you also have the, you know, the enterprise of, uh, uh, what? no, that's the wrong word. Uh, let's say the, um, uh, the CIO who's really keen to make sure information travels through his organization in a trusted and governed way. Yeah. And so he's Operation, uh, operational like data folks. model. Yeah, he's interested in things like the data model, you know, the, the t things like TSM. Like those are the different product owners now inside of the Tableau mm -hmm. ecosystem. And I'd love Tableau to take sort of the Apple approach, which is to say, 
Right. We we see you though, we see these groups. We're gonna split our teams into solving problems for those dedicated groups. And mm-hmm. then we'll bring our product back together again, having gone and created those problems, right? Because I go, go back to a YouTube point, like and not once have I ever thought, oh, but how is a YouTube content creator going to deal with this new feature in YouTube, right? Like mm-hmm. I just go and watch YouTube and, and that's what a viewer is. Literally literally <laughs> yeah. what a viewer is. I, I go exactly. on, I answer my question. I get the thing I'm looking for, which is a compilation, like the, the 300th compilation of Vine compilations right, that I've seen right. that day. Yeah. Or it's a or it's a video, a trailer or something. But for a content creator, what they care about is who are my users? How can I encourage them to come in? How do I tag things properly? Like give me the yeah. ability to make quick yeah. edits on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. and this is where you've got your split between what a creator wants and what a creator sees and what a viewer sees and what a, a viewer, viewer wants. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's actually a beautiful example because perfect example. You know, YouTube does does do exactly that. You know, if you only ever consume content on YouTube and you have zero subscribers, your experience of YouTube is technically still great. Whereas if you're a content creator, you ask lots of tough questions about YouTube. You don't get the answer to all of them, but that's because the experience isn't built around you. It's built around viewers. It's built around th- making their experience good as well. I also I also really like the like in the, the question is about where do explorers fit? Well, explorer fit in with the when you want to join a live chat on YouTube, you can't comment until you've created a YouTube studio account, right? Like yeah, yeah. that's the step that there's your hard barrier from being yeah, yeah. a viewer to being an explorer. You're someone who's doing, you're consuming plus one, one other thing. Yeah. Again, borrowing something that Francois said to me once. Yeah. Like, and that's what I explorer see an explorer. Is. Yeah, exactly. An explorer is like a curator in some sense, but also, um, contributor it's a, it's like a trans yeah it's like a, it's a contributor rather than creator that's the best way to put it actually like the person mm-hmm. who edited your content or the person who you know had one look at it before it went out to the real world that that's really actually who your explorer is i love how we've basically just redefined like all the roles oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. the title of the podcast uh, tableau server roles redefined yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah no it's it's an interesting thing. Like, um, it's actually a good segue onto this um, Gartner report that came out now yeah. a couple of weeks ago, right? Um, that came out, and I like I have to always preface this by saying, look, I don't, I don't enjoy the body of what's in a Gartner report. What I do enjoy is the opportunity to talk about whether Tableau is meeting the needs of its customers or not. And whenever we have this discussion every year and people go just focus so hard on the outcome of this report, like the only parallel I can draw to it is like the way the royal family is behaving right now. Like they keep saying, (laughs) we're not going to be phased. We're not going to be phased by this thing. Uh, It doesn't exist in our world. We'll draw no comments and, you know, all that kind of jazz. It's like, yes, no one's asking for your comment. (laughs) It's just the opportunity to talk about what Tableau could be doing better, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's where my focus is. I don't want to get drawn into this, oh, positions and stuff like that. Because I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that line of thought. What I do subscribe to is the Gartner report makes some statements about, you know, things that are strengths and weaknesses. And I think most of those are wrong. And I'll actually go as far as saying some of them are generous, right? Like very generous as from my perspective. And so I'd love to talk about that. What do people think is generous? What do people think isn't on there that should be on there? Um, as a yep. community, let's build our own sort of analysis of this situation. And every year, I think, is a good time to do it. They're the only ones doing it, right? So we might as well take that opportunity and change the discussion a little bit. My my, my focus on Gartner is simple. Um, it comes back to this thing I mentioned before. It's, it's not for you. 
right? Like right. The, the people I see commenting True. and telling you that Gartner is irrelevant and we should really be caring about Gartner in the, the year of our law, 2021 and all this stuff. Like it used to matter. Now it doesn't look at these different things. So, well, okay, but it's not for you to matter. Like the, the thing you should be approaching as is if I'm a, if I'm, I've, I haven't been promoted into this weird position where I'm like, right, I need to, someone just said analytics to me and we should probably be doing it. Uh, we need a tool. Mm -hmm. Right. I need, to, I need to find feedback. So you go to all the vendors and then you're like, well, every vendor is going to tell me they're better and they've got their compete right. statements. Okay. Well, I need a, an, an objective view. And then you search to get into that. And, and what you end up with it is a industry leading market report named Gartner, which is cited by each vendor. And you're like, well, actually, maybe these guys have an objective view. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so weird that a community of analytics professionals are complaining about analytics, right? Like, Whilst it's, it's probably more qualitative analysis, I, I think that's the issue, right? Like, there's not really much mm -hmm. apples to apples comparison, and but right. it, but it's impossible to do that because all of these products are geared and designed in different ways. So yeah. for me, for me, the Gartner argument is 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 a bit misled in that it shouldn't matter what the outcome is or where you are in this position. What should matter is is this perspective what prospective customers think, right? Like. Yes. It, 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 are these conclusions valid um, when evaluating a product? Right? Are you? Is this giving you a good helicopter view of being able to quickly understand the difference between QuickSight, Looker, Tableau, and Power BI? And the argument probably is is yeah. Right? Like yeah. It doesn't need to mention the community. I mean, it, it, I think Gartner does. Right? Like Gartner actually mentioned does, the Tableau community. Does. Yeah, yeah. We'll come to that in a second because. I got bones to pick with some of these strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, 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 like, or, or it does address by and large what the product is. Does it go into details about can you do a running total? No, yeah, because no, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like the people that yeah. are reading the Gartner report aren't the analysts, they're decision makers. And the decision makers care about what is going to give me the biggest catch-all solution that my organization can make the most out of. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I'd go as far as saying there's no possible way four contributors could be possibly experts in all the products in a way that allows them to compare them. It, unlike a car no. review where you can drive every single car, race it around the track, objectively measure it based on, you know, 20 or so metrics that every car owner knows about, MPG, speed, miles, but all those, all those stuff standardized. is standardized across cars. Exactly. Whereas analytical products, they're not standardized because they're not all solving the same challenge in the same way. And exactly. so it, 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 it's it's such a difficult thing. So going back to your point, you can only rely on what people say about it, and actually, generally speaking, uh, the sentiment around it, right? Uh, and so that that's mm -hmm. that's where I think the report, to be fair to it, makes a decent attempt. It doesn't it doesn't labour the point. It, it it brings up certain characteristics and criteria for judging, which, to be honest, are quite general. Um, they yeah. define how they see the market. You don't have to agree with it. No one's asking you to. It's just there for, for you to indulge. And if you don't like it, don't pay for it. You know, that's, it's as simple as that. But I'll say this. Tableau put it on their homepage, right? Um, Tableau, you know, Francois wrote a blog post championing and lauding all the strengths and weaknesses over the last decade yep. of, of placement in it. So you also can't say it doesn't matter because it does matter to Tableau. Yep. And so whilst it does matter to Tableau, I think it's valid to say, Right, we're going to critique certain aspects of this. I'm not going to indulge uh, critiquing Power BI. I never use Power BI, so I can't sit here and say, "Oh, yeah, like why? Why do Power BI uses like this and stuff?" Neither can I critique the position of anything because you don't get the no. stats about what goes into the position. So let's just focus on Tableau and let's you know let's see what it says about that and and move on rather than just going around in these circles every year. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and the, the, like, the argument of like Microsoft and Power BI and like, Microsoft should have its own dot, it's, it's just silly. Like, it's, well, Salesforce well, I, 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 Tableau I shouldn't point. have its own thing then either, right? Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Tableau is acquired by Salesforce. So, you know, it's I think it actually says Google Looker at the top. And I would argue yeah. that, yes, uh, now it should say Salesforce, not Tableau. And someone exactly. said, oh, ta- uh, 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 Microsoft not a product. Yeah. Tableau is just, it's exactly the same reasoning with Tableau. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact tweet, but I was sort of super, I was a little bit critical of it because it's like, well, but that reckoning, like, where have you been yeah. for the last two years? Like, it's, 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 the op- it's the, exactly, it's the opposite question. Right? Like you sh- you, I think the, next year, the, the problem is Salesforce. Being, yeah, the, the, the question is being um, um, approached in a different way. So you said yeah, you, had, you had a couple of thoughts on the, the community oh. mentioned there. So. Oh, yeah. Go so on. the interesting, the interesting, um, thing here is if you go look at them I'm, I'm just pulling it up here so i can get the exact wording correct i don't want to want to get this wrong in any way so um they they write a generally generous report actually i think i say generous in the sense that i think it congratulates tableau about a lot of things it does do well and it's a very kind report i don't mean generous as in they've given too much where i do think it's generous like it's going a bit too far is uh, some of the strengths so they talk about analytics user experience although tableau keeps adding new capabilities it always maintains a sleek experience for users now stop right there have you tried building a dashboard in tableau <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry like Generally speaking, I would agree with the statement. It does maintain a sleek experience for users. But if you actually go to the people who actually build these features, they would argue that it's missing a lot of formatting capabilities. And the next point, literally the next sentence goes on to say, although visual-based exploration is highly commoditized in today's market, Tableau can still differentiate itself by offering an intuitive analytics experience with richer capabilities based on its patented VSQL engine. It's the best thing. Yeah, and I, I and I'd say okay, well that's fine, but you know, you need to continue developing it. It's actually, I I can go into Google Data Studio today and build a dashboard faster than I can in Tableau. I literally draw the box, I put things where I want them, automatically aligns them, and boom, I've got a dashboard. How long does it take me to build each and every one of those sheets? Much longer. But yep. the experience of putting it together is much much better in so many other tools, and that's sort yep. of the detail that's missed in this in this report. And the fact that it's highly commoditized as well should hint to Tableau that they need to start making sure that they continue to build in things that are unique to Tableau. Anytime you're you're in a field where you're kind of competing against something that's highly commoditized, it's basically a race to the bottom, isn't it? Who can build the best features at the lowest cost? And that becomes like a loss leading exercise. And no one, especially Tableau, doesn't want to be in that. Tableau has always actually prided itself on its research and loss leading mentality isn't sort of the place you want to be because... Mm -hmm. Things will just get copied. These are just features. They're not unique things about the product. So they can be copied. Um, customer enthusiasm. I saw this as like a backhanded compliment, if I'm honest. Like when, <laughs> when, when, when buying Tableau, when has customer enthusiasm uh, been placed on the table with a thud? Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, yes, I get the element of support. I get the element support and TCA. Yeah, that all makes sense. But it, this point talks about many customers demonstrate a fan-like attitude towards Tableau, as evidenced by more than 145,000 people who attended its 20,000 2020 online customer user conference. Okay, I mean that was an edge case, like you know, it was the first online conference. It was free to everyone. 
So yeah. how do you how do you really judge that, right? Um, Tableau Public, a free platform, great, called out, yeah. love that. Has over three million interactive visualizations. How many of those are the long tail of you know visits that you know get published and don't get touched, and you wouldn't yeah. consider as a best practice of Tableau, right? Um, a user experience focused design means that particularly for users in analyst roles, Tableau's offering is compelling and even enjoyable to use. This is all great, but when has that paragraph been the the reason a company goes for? tableau over something else right i think there's an element and, and there's an element of the vendor having again pure speculation here but the vendor having some sort of inkling of like you know what, what do you pride yourselves in and tableau 100 yeah. pride themselves in their customer enthusiasm they 100 pride themselves yeah. in tableau public right like the, the, these sound like things that tableau themselves want to champion and have almost said to right. god like this this is what we're about right like this is this is who we are yeah and whilst I agree with and it's you, it's reflected never been in like, the community. Exactly. I think the, the fan-like community is someone telling you Tableau's greatest strength and biggest, not Achilles heel, but it, it can be such a potent force as a case against Tableau because, yes. because of the almost blind faith. Um, and and I, I say that with the, with the absolute utmost love, right? Because the, the community challenges, the community pushes, and the community definitely shares back feedback on tableau but what Absolutely, it also does yeah. is almost is it's it's like a um it's when you find something that's quite cool and then you're like have you not heard of that it's 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 so good it's the best thing ever like how do you not know uh, about this yeah. do you even work in bi um mm -hmm. and i think that that's that's the tricky part and i think going back to our earlier conversation segmenting user types really will help change that perception i think yeah yeah uh and uh I don't know. It depends how you look at this. If you're looking at this to buy Tableau, um, I, honest to God, maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I just I just want to hear from con consumers and users and not people who use the product, people who make the buying decision. I want to hear from them that customer enthusiasm is a reason they went with Tableau over something else, right? That's that's my only that's my only qualm with this point. If If those people exist... And they are generally the people who make the purchasing decision. And this is the reason why they went with Tableau. Perfect. The, I'd love to the see the caveat. I would add the caveat I would add to that is that person, oh, I don't want to say cannot or should, uh, I'd rather say should not, should not be in that front five rows, right? Like it, it shouldn't be someone who's almost it goes without that saying. decision. I don't think anyone is <laughs> with growth, <laughs> right? Right, right. Too like, sure. uh, you know, yeah. <sighs> I I don't know how to sort of put it put it put it tactfully, but in essence, it doesn't matter where you sit in the conference. If I, if I'm honest, actually, just just demonstrate that enthusiasm in the community is a reason you went with one product over the other. For creators, I can see that. For you and me, I can see yeah. why we'd go with Tableau, of course, absolutely. But for people, person who makes a buying decision, I'd love to see this be a reason, a a main reason, as Gartner have put it on here, which is my issue with it. Which is, I think that is a reason to be part of the community. I think that is a reason to be uh, not worried about your TCO and not worry about things like training and not worry about support because you can see there's mm. an active community. That means they're going to develop the product. It's going to keep it fresh, all of that stuff. Like an active community is often the sign of a well-maintained product, but yeah. it's not the reason you buy something, right? Yep. Um, I mean, I, I, I get, I'm happy to be proved wrong. 
and every every time I mention this, like first five, ten rows, I I, I always have to caveat like I'm part of that. Like I am one hundred percent. Yeah, we are that cheering yeah, person are. who's right. Exactly, we're both part of that cheering crowd of people who are so enthusiastic about Tableau that whilst we can give some level of an objective judgment, there's going to be bias, right? Like yeah, of like yeah. as as much as much as I'm like fully appreciative. Right. <laughs> as much as I was fully appreciative of the, of the Microsoft stack and what it is and how it's competing, it's also like I'm always going to say Tableau is the better tool because it's it's so good and we enjoy using it so much. So it's um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I think I think yeah. finding those people who are making decisions and seeing what what was the thing that swayed them ultimately for or against Tableau is, yeah. is hard. Um, yeah. And again, if, if Gotten is the people that are able to do that and get that feedback, then fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got two more points on here. Actually, three more points. Um, Salesforce is a point. Pricing is a point. And uh, not cloud native is a point. If I tackle sort of the easiest ones, not cloud native, I think everyone knows that. Um, yeah. It's strange because they work with a, well, they're now owned by a company that is, you know, SaaS-based company that runs mostly on cloud technology, yep. AWS. So I think that's an interesting transition. They're going to have to become better at it anyway. Tableau Online uh, is the closest thing to that. And I think that's, again, why yep. you'll see that become really big this year. They'll add more and more capability into that offering, um, especially through the browser. So that will be interesting. Um, premium pricing, um, again, I can't really talk I to agree. this other than the, the discussion that we had before about the viewer not really having a product. That that mm -hmm. maybe is what makes Tableau feel premium, right? Because you're I'd also, I'd also add on to that the... I'd also add on to that the add-ons, like right, yeah, they're the not cheap. Yeah, and yeah. and I feel Data like management add-on. It's it's hard to uh, justify the value that value add for, and the ROI for Tableau those. Tableau would say they're not add-ons. I went through a training session um, a while back, and the general consensus is don't think of these as add-ons. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact. Well, sort I of, meant to think um, of yourself those direction. I know they're called add-ons, but basically the. The approach was that, look, if you think of them as add-on, then you don't value the things that those things produce, right? Yeah. Um, and and that is true for some organizations. But also, it also touches on this point that actually Tableau have trained their customers to expect everything bundled into a single price over the years, right? Yep. Uh, just at 100%. So suddenly you turn up and now you have a subscription nice and great. Then you start telling people, actually, don't get everything you need with that price, it starts to sort of, you know, become really, really difficult, actually. Because, again, yeah. usual behavior is that you've got everything with your license. You never had to. There were no bundles. Never no such thing. And more and more is being added into the bundle. And it feels, it, it can feel, for someone who's been using Tableau for the last decade, it's a little bit of a shocker. But if you're new to Tableau, you won't know. And therefore, you know, it's not a new thing to you. Um, integration challenges with Salesforce. Man, Salesforce. So, it... It's both a strength and a an, and, uh, weakness. So the first one is Salesforce Opportunity. The Tableau Viz Lightning yep. Web Component offers, okay, it's a little plug-in for Salesforce. Honestly, um, it's not... Bit on like Roku or Heroku? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's... I, I don't know why this made it into this uh, thing. And maybe it's one of your things where Tableau put it forward as like, you know, something big they're working on. They see this sort of being really valuable to Salesforce customers. And that's fine. Um, the deeper integration of MuleSoft Data Connector capabilities and newly acquired Slack collaboration tool means that Salesforce clients have a strengthening set of reasons to consider Tableau. Well, this point is about Tableau, not Salesforce. So what I'd argue is like 
These are all great for Salesforce users who happen to have Tableau. But what about Tableau users who don't have Salesforce? Like where where is the mm -hmm. where is the strength here? And yeah, you'd argue there isn't any other than actually a weakness, which is the integration challenges. Actually, it's actually taking Salesforce surprisingly long to integrate some of the more basic aspects of Salesforce into Tableau. Very simple one I butt my head against in like every month is that in desktop and prep, they don't read data from the APIs in the same way. So field name in desktop is called something entirely different to what it's called in prep, which <laughs> makes it an absolute nightmare when you built a solution before prep supported Salesforce connection. And then now you're having to port those to run in prep. It's just, yeah. oh man. It's just not not a pretty not a pretty world at all. So, and I, I also would argue that we we've seen a lot of value from Tableau go over to Salesforce, which makes sense. That's why they acquired them. I'm not sure we've seen yet that sort of you know next level value that Salesforce is offering to Tableau users who don't have Salesforce, right? You know, yeah. I don't know what that number is. I'd love to know what percentage of Tableau customers use Salesforce today. And if that number is over 60%, then this is totally the right thing for Tableau to be doing, building more and more Salesforce integration. But if it's mm -hmm. not, it's a very risky strategy because more and more, if you look at 2021.1, uh, the first like three features are Salesforce features. So I just skip right past those because I don't use Salesforce on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be an interesting sort of dynamic to see how that evolves over the next two years because I don't think it'll take a year. I think it's... It, it I think it's also a natural point for Gartner to mention it, right? Like they, they have to, right? They, yeah. they're, they're owned by the um, by Big Daddy Benioff. So what you end up doing is you have to mention that the fact that as a fact, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, interesting, interesting group of challenges. Um, I think we should do like the analysts quadrant, right? <laughs> Where we get uh, we get uh, professionals from each product to talk about the strengths and weaknesses they see in their product. But that is it. You're yeah. not judging, like a Power BI person isn't judging Tableau and a Tableau person isn't judging, uh, you know, Power BI. You just get each of the users of the product talk about the strengths and weaknesses of their own respective products. And then mm -hmm. you do like an aggregated view of what are what do people say about these things. There's a similar one in web development called Survey of uh, JavaScript Developers. Uh, and they basically talk about JavaScript every single year and then try and analyze what are people doing with JavaScript. This should still be the mm -hmm. same thing. Maybe it's something we should do actually. Maybe I'll try well, to we can we can set that. it up with something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's a bit it's a bit a huge effort. Um huge effort. I think you'd have to nail down the survey and the question, but who knows? Maybe Maybe with enough runtime this year, we could do it by the end of the year. Trump Gartner to do it, yeah. uh, to their report in January. <laughs> <laughs> the end of year survey of analytics professionals where you try and get people just to, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, you've got 11,000, yeah. subscri oh, 10,000, 11,000 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> oh God. Start with Tableau first, I guess. Uh, that's That's what I can do. Maybe do like an annual survey and just say, hey, um, I'd really love to know your experience of using Tableau and just come up with some solid questions um yeah something we should do I'll think about it think about it absolutely then do hopefully not get surveys. usurped that i do <laughs> yeah give me some objective data right yes exactly exactly so yeah so oh god amazing absolute absolute bumper 
bit of content there. Kind of covered some lost tapes, covered some uh, new new stuff for this year. It's season four, so um, yeah, we're gonna try and get back into the regime. Um, Ravi's now taking mm-hmm. care of all scheduling, so I am no longer responsible for any late episodes or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even I'm though I might not edit the, them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the bosun, right? You're the I'm, 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 I'm cracking the whip, and right, um, right, yeah, exactly, no, for sure. Exactly. So, so no, yeah. so um, the, yeah, this this year we're going to get back into analog. We're going to bring back a few, um, mm-hmm. few few people for that. Um, maybe, maybe even dig a bit deeper into some of the topics. I think one of the things that I'd like to talk about is data literacy. Like, w- w- what's going on yeah. there? Like, w- what is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know, there's there's sort of the, the world reopening and the challenges that that will face and the changes um, mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, as ever, like, pl- please let us know. Like, tweet us, dr- drop us a line. Um, always happy to listen and hear from you guys and get some feedback. So, no, yeah. as, as ever, thank you for listening. Thank you for another year of um, what the two hundred ish people that tune in. Um, <laughs> love it, love it. And yeah, let's 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 power through. Okay, thanks for listening. Um, you know where to find us: Datum Pod on Twitter, datumpodcast.com as uh, our website so by all means send us feedback on any of those platforms um we'd love to hear from you and of course um yeah we'll catch you in the next episode take it easy nice one take care everyone